good morning. Um, it's good to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, study uh, from God's word and to, to sing songs and to pray. And um, Here at uh, In Town, um, the men kind of rotate through uh, the preaching duties. Uh, Josh Lewis, uh, he does the majority of it, but the rest of us kind of fill in. Um, and so on the schedule, it's my turn. And um, I'm happy to be here speaking with you this morning. Um, I'm not going to talk about anything really profound, profound this morning. Um, just a real simple lesson. Um, last week uh, in the Bible class in the morning Bible study, we talked a little bit about forgiveness. We talked about uh, the parable uh, of the, the servant. And so this morning I just want to embellish a little bit more on that subject. We talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness can be a kind of a hard thing depending on your personality. I mean, we're all different. Um, and for some people, for some individuals, it's very easy to say, uh, to forgive and to accept forgiveness for other people because of various reasons. It's, it's a little bit harder. Sometimes it's, it's, it's pride, really, that uh, holds us back. But just think about it. There are many different ways that we can be uh, put upon, that we can be offended, that we can uh, be in a position where we think that or feel that we're owed forgiveness. Um, we can be betrayed. Many of us have uh, been betrayed in uh, different ways by someone. Someone be, could be duplicitous toward us not really be truthful. Uh, we could be gossiped about. Someone could be talking behind our back, gossiping, telling things that might be true, but they might not be true, but still. And they could be a friend or a brother or a sister in the church. We could be lied about. People telling lies about us and besmirching our name and our reputation. Uh, people can steal from us, and we can. People can steal from us in a lot of different ways. I mean, they could actually steal something physically from us—a possession, something that means something to us. They could steal our time. Sometimes they could steal our hearts. People can cheat us. Okay. And people can make promises to us and then break those promises. And these are all things where we can feel that uh, we've been, been offended. And if we're part of the, the church, and we all want to live in harmony and we all want to do what's right, we feel that you know, we should make amends to us. And when a person comes and humbly is sorry for what they've done, we should forgive them. But like I said, depending on our personality, that, that's a hard thing to do sometimes. 
So what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? Well, it's an act of pardoning an offender. Now, we just had <clears throat> a change uh, in Washington. One president left, a new one came in. Um, and when presidents leave, one of the things that they do, and all of them have done it that I've known, is they, they pardon individuals. And the one that left did that. He pardoned a bunch of people. And what that means is that whatever they did that was wrong, that's been forgotten. Okay? They get to start over again. So that's what forgiveness is. It's an act of pardoning an offender. And it literally means to let go. Let it go. Have you ever expression, if anybody ever said that to you, just, just let it go. You need to, to let it go. It means not demanding payment for a debt. Okay, if we're, if we're pardoning an offender, or if we're letting it go, we're not going to go around demanding that you know, retribution. Would you pay me back? Would you fix it? Because you forgot about it. Okay, it's, it, it's, it's over. And Blake was just talking about prayer and how uh, during the Lord's Supper that that he highlighted that. And I think uh, when we talk about forgiveness to Jesus, when he taught his disciples to pray, how did he teach them? He said, this is how you pray. Forgive us of our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. So forgive us of our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone. He didn't just say, forgive my wife or forgive my sister or my everyone, okay, who is indebted to us. So that's why forgiveness sometimes can be hard because sometimes we don't want to do that, okay? We can be prideful, we can be stubborn. <clears throat> Remember, when we forgive, we're letting go. We're letting it, we're letting it go. And what are we letting go of? We're letting go of loss. We're letting go of hurt. We're letting go of any suffering. And that's why it's hard. If you lose something that's precious to you, if you lose something that you really feel attached to or, you know, and someone is the cause of that, sometimes it's hard to accept. And I'm sorry from that. If we've been hurt, or if we're suffering in any way. Sometimes we build up resentments. And that's what we're letting go, really, our resentments. We talked about last week uh, the, the, the parable of the unforgiving servant. This is Jesus teaching, and it illustrates uh, debt canceling. That's in Matthew uh, chapter 18. Verses 23 through 35. We talked about this in our in our Bible class last week. And really the premise of the whole thing is God forgives as God forgives, so should we forgive. If you remember in the parable, uh, the king, the ruler, forgave the debts of a servant because the servant begged him, 
pleaded for mercy and begged him. And the ruler, the king, had mercy on the servant. The debt was something that was impossible for him to pay back. It was uh, many, many years uh, worth of salary that he was never going to pay back, never could. And he knew it, and he begged for mercy and begged for forgiveness. And the king had mercy on him and forgave him his debt. And then he went out and forgot about that immediately and went and sought out someone who owed him. And instead of forgiving that servant, and, and what that servant owed him was much, much less than what he owed the king. And instead of forgiving that servant his debt, he went in the opposite direction and had the man beaten and put in prison for it. Okay. So the teaching here is as God forgives us, so we should forgive others. We shouldn't expect forgiveness from God if we're going to turn on our fellow brothers and sisters and not be able to uh, accept an I'm sorry or to forgive a debt. We talk a lot about love in the scriptures. It's an agape love, and uh, it's a gift from God. Okay, it's a, a love that has no boundaries. Um, it's a love that doesn't take uh, another person's misgivings into account. It's the love that God has for us. He loves us despite the fact what we are, the kind of the people that we are. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, uh, it talks about love. And I want to correlate uh, that love with uh, forgiveness. Unselfish love or agape love is the basis for forgiveness. And it says that love is not rude. Uh, being rude is not helpful. If someone is trying to make amends to you and you're compliant and accepting that. Love does not insist on its own way. We're not stubborn. Okay. There's a two-way street. Love is not irritable. It's another way of saying love's not resentful. Are we resentful about things? And love does not count up wrongdoing. Okay. It's the kind of thing where your people are very aware of what someone has done to them. Okay, well, this person did this to me, and you did this to me, and you did this to me, and I remember that. Okay? I'm going to remember. I'm going to count up. I'm going to let you know what you did to me. That's not love. That's not agape love. I want to talk a little bit what forgiveness is not. No. The forgiveness is not ignoring the offense. Okay. If someone has offended you in some kind of way, acknowledge it. Don't don't ignore it. Okay. It doesn't help you, and it doesn't help the person who offended you. 
We can go back to the Old Testament and, and look at David. Okay? And God forgave David of serious offenses. Serious offenses. But David still suffered the consequences of his, his, his sins, what he did wrong. You read about that in 2 Samuel chapter 12. Forgiving is not condoning the sin, or condoning means you're accepting what's going on, you're allowing what's going on, okay? You're kind of like in it with the person who's sinning, really. Um, and in Isaiah uh, chapter 5, verse 20, it reads, Woe to those who call evil good, and who put darkness for light, and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. And here, woe is meaning doom. Woe is the equivalent of doom, or as good as dead. Um, so God doesn't like that, okay? doesn't like the condoning of sin and pretending like something that's good is, or something that's bad is good. Okay, so if someone has uh, offended you, you don't pretend like it didn't happen or just, oh well. Because uh, you're almost the same as the person who's, who's offending you, really. We have to have a, a perception of the offense that's taking place, okay? Um, sometimes we might feel that someone has done us wrong or offended us when it's really not that serious, okay? And the hair on the back of our neck starts to go up and we want apologies and, and things like that and it's really not that serious. Um, in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 9, it says, Do not let yourself be quickly provoked, for anger resides in the lap of fools. What he's saying here is don't be quick to jump off the handle at any little slight. Okay? People are going to make mistakes. People are going to say things sometimes. And it's not worth... Uh, tearing apart a friendship or causing some sort of schism over something that's minimal. And, and the scriptures teaches this. So how do we forgive? We know what forgiveness is, we know what forgiveness is, forgiveness is not. So how do we how do we how do we forgive? And remember it involves not condoning the wrong. Not condoning the wrong. Okay? And not acting as if the offense never happened. And, and we can do this sometimes. Um, someone has offended us. Someone has done something wrong to us. And instead of facing that person, confronting that person in a civil way, in a godly way, in a Christian way, we kind of pretend like it didn't happen or you know, kind of ignore it. And what happens then? Usually, we start to build up and harbor resentments, and it starts to fester at us. And it, it, it hurts us, and eventually, it's going to hurt the relationship. 
Okay, so we don't want to pretend like it never happened. We have to acknowledge that it happened, okay? And when we're offered forgiveness, we have to let it go. We also have to have empathy. And what's empathy? It's understanding and sharing feelings uh, that you have in common with someone, something that, you probably, that you've gone through, and now you see that that person is going through it, okay? And so you understand that, you share in those feelings, okay? Um, because none of us is perfect. And James read this morning, uh, or earlier today, uh, from James uh, chapter 3 and verse 2. And it says, for we all stumble in many ways. If someone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect individual, able to control the entire body as well. So, if we can be empathetic with others, we understand that we're not perfect. Eventually, we're going to make a mistake. Eventually, we might offend someone. And we're going to want that person to accept our apology. Okay? We want to accept our forgiveness. Um, so, if we want that, we have to be able to return in kind. Just as we appreciate being forgiven, being granted forgiveness, we should be ready to forgive others. Right. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, this is in everything, treat others as you would want them to treat you. This fulfills the law and the prophets. And I think this is important. In everything, treat others as you would want them to treat you. Okay, I'll think about that. Treat others as you would want them to treat you. And if we understand that, I think it'd be very easy to be ready to forgive and to be able to accept forgiveness and not let our pride get in the way and, and block that and subvert that. And we have to be reasonable. I talked about this in just a few minutes, a little bit. We have to be reasonable. Don't let a situation get blown out of proportion. Okay? If it's in a minor complaint, acknowledge it. Don't make it into this big issue. Don't make it into, as my mother used to say, don't make it into like a, a federal offense, okay? If it's minor, it's minor, okay? And, and, and accept that, okay? Be mature enough to understand that, okay? In Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 13, <clears throat> read, bearing one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. And here again he's talking about forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. If we're followers, believers of Jesus Christ, and our theme about discipleship, discipleship and making disciples, 
we're trying, if we're disciples, if we're being discipled, we're trying to emulate Jesus. Okay. So that means if it's forgiving God, that we have to be forgiving people. Okay. It's not just, well, that's what special people do. Okay. And I realize that we all have things that are hard for us. Some, like I said, this would be, it's going to be easier for some. It's going to be harder for others. We have to act expeditiously. Okay? It means we have to move to forgive sooner rather than later. And we have to accept forgiveness by the same token sooner rather than later. If someone realizes that they've offended you in some kind of way and they come to you and they graciously ask your forgiveness, it's not like, well, I have to think about it. Uh, let me think about that. Um, and not extend an olive branch, so to speak. Don't let resentment and anger build. Because this is key. And when, when there's contention between two people, when there's contentiousness, anger and then resentment can, you know, starts to fester. And then it just makes it harder. Once that wall gets built up, it just makes it harder and harder to come to any kind of reasonable attitude about things. In Ephesians uh, chapter 4 verses 26 and 27 it says be angry and do not sin. So <clears throat> what I'm reading here we're going to get angry. We're only human. Okay? There's going to be those flashes of anger that we're going to have because we feel someone has slighted us or offended us. But it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on the cause of your anger. Act quickly. Take care of it before the day is out, before you go to sleep. You know, you might not wake up the next day. Okay? I think that's kind of like what it's implying here. All right? So take care of it. Don't have that on your, your record. And even, you know, I mean, life goes on. You do wake up and go on the next day. You don't want that on your conscience. It's just something that lingers and lingers and lingers. Okay? Do not, do not let the sun go down, on, go down on the cause of your anger. Do not give the devil an opportunity. Okay? I think a couple of weeks, was it last week or two weeks ago when Richard was speaking here <clears throat> and he was talking about you know, how we should uh, react in a, in a godly way to the government and governmental laws and institutions and he said he didn't want to get bogged down in the politics of things like the left and the right and that sort of thing because he says he feels that that's a, a wedge that, that Satan uses to divide people and divide the church and it says here about not letting the sun go down on the cause of your anger it says do not give the devil an opportunity it's just another way that Satan uh, puts wedges between us uh, and causes animosity and 
when there should be goodwill, there should be togetherness. Also, accepting forgiveness, being able to forgive, believe it or not, benefits your health. Okay? Now, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not even pretending to be a doctor, but there is something to it, and the scriptures does speak to it. Um, keeps you calm. You don't want to be around on edge all the time, uh, having this grudge against this person, and then that person. Um, I remember uh, when we were living in, in, in on the West Coast, and my daughter was younger. She was playing uh, high school age, junior high school age basketball. She played like on a, on a traveling team, and one of the, the parents there, one of the other parents whose daughter was playing, we were we were sitting there talking during practice one day. We were watching practice, and we were talking, and um, we were talking about a particular one of the coaches that both of them had had in the past. And this guy says to me, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't like this guy. He goes, when I see him walking in this door, I walk out that door. Okay, you don't want that kind of a relationship with, with people in the church or with anyone, really. Because all he's got you on edge, you know, here they come, negative, okay? Um, so, let's keep you calm. It improves and maintains your health and increases your happiness, okay? With negativity all around you, you're not going to be happy. You might be happy over here, but you're not going to have a happy, fulfilling life the way you should and the way God wants us, what he wants us to have. <clears throat> In Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 30, does a tranquil spirit revives the body? Another way of putting it is another version that says, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh. A tranquil spirit revives the body, or a tra tranquil heart gives life to the, f to the flesh. Okay, when we're living in harmony with God's ways, when we're living in harmony with God's people, Okay. It gives us a tranquil spirit, and it's going to help your physical well-being. In Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. So we always want to be ready to make peace and live in peace uh, and live in harmony, not in... Uh, kind of disruption and chaos and resentment. But most importantly, and the whole, the whole crux of this lesson this morning and, and, and the class that was taught last week, forgiving others is instrumental in receiving God's forgiveness. Remember, the scriptures talk a lot about if you expect God to forgive you, you have to be willing to forgive other people. Like God forgives you, you forgive others, okay? Um, I think Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15 expresses this really well. It says, for if you give others their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. So it's quite blunt about it. If you're unwilling to forgive others, God's not going to forgive you. I don't care how much you come to church service, how many Bible classes you sit in, how many prayers you recite. Okay? If you're not willing to forgive others and what does it say about other people? What does it say about us? We're made in the image of God. Okay? And as Christians, we're God's representatives here on earth. Made in the image of God, God's representatives here on earth. And if you're going to treat a person who's made in the image of God, who's God's representative here on earth, you can't expect God to forgive you. It's not, it's not, it's not going to happen. So we should keep that in mind. But like I said, it's 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 depending on our personality. It's a, it's a it's a hard thing depending on our personality and depending on how we were offended. That has a lot to do with it as well. Okay, but it's something that we have to do. We're instructed to do. So if you're having a hard time with it, you need to pray about it. You need to maybe talk with some people about it. And if someone has come to you and asked for forgiveness and you're finding it hard to, to give up the resentment, because we can, we can say, oh, well, yeah, okay, I accept your apology. But it has to be more than just words or mouthing it. It has to be something that we do inside. That, 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 that giving up the resentment, that letting it go is something that's done from the inside out. Nothing we have to do. Um, that's all I have this morning in terms of a lesson. <laughs>